you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Welcome to NFL Total Access, the locker room. I'm Mike Garofolo alongside Michael Robinson, M-Rob. Week 18 for the first time ever. How you doing? I'm doing great, and we got a great guest, man, Lorenzo Alexander. You don't want to miss this interview. We talk about his foundation. We talk about some other stuff, but you don't want to miss a story where he totally ran over me when I was playing for the Seattle Seahawks. You don't want to miss it. Yeah, and uh, also ran over uh, figuratively his former teammate, Albert Hainsworth. That's a great story. Got to hear that. But just, yeah, the, the, the guy that beats to his own drub and Lorenzo had a front row seat to that one. Listen up for that one. One of the all-time greats when you talk about linebacker, when you talk about pass rushing, special teams, Walter Payton Man of the Year. I mean, one of the all-time great human beings of the National Football League over the last decade lorenzo alexander welcome to the podcast big dog hey what's up fellas man i appreciate that introduction man that's dope right there man but you know good seeing your face again i know we grabbed uh dinner over uh the yeah. summer training camp man so just good seeing you again yeah man good seeing you too and we start every podcast with a locker room story now so <laughs> i'm not talking about you know those stories that we say on tv the pg pgs we're all that no we peel the layers back this is yeah. an adult show we edit all of that stuff right 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 now it's your turn to bless the show with a great man, locker room story. It, man you know i played 15 years so i, I mean i'm yep. gonna have a lot of great stories i mean from being able to baptize some of my homeboys to uh making wow. josh allen uh, buy my kids more jerseys because he decided to sign them. My jersey, his name on my jersey, so I made him buy my jersey and his jersey and, and, and sign his name to his. Or even, you know, back in the back in the day when I think about Sean Taylor and being in the in the hot tub or the I guess the steam room, I'm just yeah. trying to chill out, lose my weight when I'm my lineman days, and this cat is in there getting a full workout in, going in beast steam. mode. So, but I guess the story I'll tell though. Um, since we just came out of the holiday season, you know, the Christmas, New Year's uh, era um, just, just passed us, our time of the year. And I played with a guy back in the day, big lineman, big, big time, probably one of the best athletes I've been ever, ever been around. 
um, you know, prima donna, superstar dude. And you know that during Christmas, Thanksgiving is another day, right? That coaches yeah. normally amend the schedule so that we can enjoy the festivities, you know, it's with our family. Off. So yeah. Thanksgiving, you normally come in uh, a little bit early, knock things out, right? So you can get home and have dinner, watch the NBA games. Christmas, you know, they normally push things uh, up. And so you get in and same thing, get everything done. Yep. Um, and so this one particular player on the, on uh, Christmas week, and it might've been Christmas morning that we actually had practice. Cause you know, most people, you get days off NFL, we got to play yep. at practice, working out, going through our thing. We might've been maybe in period three or four working out. And, and granted, this guy wasn't nowhere to be seen all day, <laughs> all day. Not, not there. Didn't show up. Period, maybe four or five, after we get through all the inside running, all that stuff, here come this big joker walking out slow motion, right? Like, hey, look at me, slow motion, jersey and helmet in hand, this real cool. And everybody like, man, where you been at, dude? What's up? You know, we had practice. He was like, man, I wanted to open up presents with my kids. Oh. We all looking like... We want to do that too, but we here to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, wow. man, it was just, you know, uh, but that that's who he was. You know, if things didn't revolve around his schedule and what he wanted to do, he did his own thing. So, oh, mm. wait. Hey, Jesus, you, can yeah. you guess who that was, man? I'm sitting here trying to roll through my. It's not hard. Mike Shanahan error, it's, 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 it's really not hard. Is it at Big all. Trent? Big Trent? No, no, no. No, if you think about the Mike Shanahan era and who had the most drama when we got him, oh. and he came before Mike Shanahan, so he was actually a carryover. Just think about it for a second. Big Joker, big strong Joker too. <laughs> Throw cats around when he wanted to. You know, Yo, I, lo I love Zoe, man. You he might, he might even stop yeah. on your face. You know, you you uh you do something wrong oh, to him. You know what I mean? Albert Haynesworth. I was thinking, I was thinking offensive line. Yeah, no, nah, man. Line. All right, okay. <laughs> played on the defensive side of the ball. He talked about that big defense. Okay, I thought yeah. I thought I heard offensive line. That's why I was confused. I'm saying Trent wasn't there that early. Um, but back up. <clears throat> I do want to ask about the Josh Allen one was he confused how did he get <laughs> nah, you know you come in he's green this is rookie year you know the quarterbacks get all the shine and you know my kids i get thrown to the back burner so they yeah. love micah high jordan poyer and then obviously we, we draft uh josh that year and so we after the game they we go out to the field and everybody's just kind of hanging out normal normal type of scene after a game and then my kids want to get his autograph so he, they go over there and ask him for the autograph and I walk up on him and he's signing his name on the back of my job. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He's a, this is my name. This is my kids, bro. I bought these for them. <laughs> so I made that joker buy my kids new Alexander jerseys and get Josh Allen jerseys. And you can sign that for them. And that they, they had those still. But that dude, you know, this green didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> That's a real daddy right there, Jeezy. You know what I'm saying? You'll be signing my jersey. Right. right. Nah, nah, uh -uh, nah. No. Here's what I'll say. Thankfully, at this point, I, I think Josh Allen has made up for whatever he put out for all those jerseys. So oh, yeah. It was a oh, happy ending enough, for everyone right? involved. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, hey, so, so, Zoe, this is what I want to talk to you. I want to take you back, right? You, know, you go undrafted, which I don't know how that happens, but you go undrafted out of, out of Cal yeah. uh, back in 2005. And I know we got some Cal stories we can get into with Beast more than all that, but that's a whole, that might be a whole nother podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but you didn't play your first game until 2007. 
Right. That, that, that's, that's different, right? What type of motivation did that provide to you, man? Because when I got an opportunity to encounter you, I wouldn't have guessed that you, there was two years you didn't freaking play uh, right, you know what I'm saying, yeah, on the field. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What, what's up with that? How, how, how was that motivating for you? And right. kind of just describe that point in your life. Well, first of all, I wasn't a linebacker back then. As you know, I was a D-tackle. Uh, yep. Um, and I had moved around and played a lot of different positions just to get on the field. And it was special teams that gave me the opportunity. But for me, more than motivating, it was more um, humbling, right? You know, most of us, you know, you get to the league, you've been that dude on every single level, going back to when you started playing whatever sport it was, five, right? Whether it was soccer, basketball, football, yep. hopscotch, it, it didn't matter. <laughs> you was that dude. Everybody wanted you to be on their team. And so that's how I kind of grew up like most of us being uh, one of the top athletes in my city. Um, you know, Oakland, you got to represent here with all the great dudes <laughs> out of Oakland. Um, and, but when I got to the NFL, um, to your point, I didn't get drafted. But a lot of that, looking back on in hindsight 2020, I was living a life of duality. In college, I lived it up. Oh. I partied hard. Um, I worked hard, but I also burned, I was burning uh, the bridges on both ends. And so not getting drafted, uh, not being untold, or being told I wasn't good enough in so many ways, not making the team that year, really humbled me and made me look uh, internally. Um, and, you know, with the help of my uncle and some other people around my life, um, just pushing forward, pivoting, shifting, and then getting around some real good dudes, man. Everything happens for a reason. Yep. But being around a guy like Brenton Buckner, mm -hmm. who's the Arizona a defensive line coach now, who's been like 12 years in. I was around Julius Peppers, Mike Rucker. This is a really good D lineman, professionals. Uh, you know, Steve Smith, who I know you know as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I just had a lot of good dudes that I was around that wrapped their arms around me and uh, just helped me through that process. So it was, it was, you know, humbling in a lot of ways for me. But at the same time, I got to receive uh, the love and information and the, a picture of what a professional looked like. So it, it worked out. And then, yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, it was motivating. You know, I had, I, 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 you know, the passion burned. I wanted to get out there. I wanted to prove that I belonged with these guys. You know, a lot of them I watched. But once you're around them, they regular do. So let me show yep. them I can get out here and ball with you, too. And so um, and I was willing to do anything, anything and everything to get on that field. And, and the way I got on practice squad in Washington, I literally took every single rep for a year on practice squad. And I mean, every rep that you can possibly take offense, look squad, defense, look squad, special teams. And this is old school. This ain't this 2011 CBA yeah. watered down version of football. Oh, this was a Joe Gibbs as close as you can get to 1970s, 80s football, where we was hitting cats every single day. And so out of that, you know, I think burped a lot of the toughness, um, tenacity that you saw, that fire. And I was able to earn a, like a niche role, that special teams, mm -hmm. extra old lineman, guard, tackle. I just kind of did a little bit of everything from the interior line and as well as special teams. And it ended up working out for me. Jeezy, I know you got one, but I got, I got to tell both of y'all something. Um, we were playing the, the Washington football team. They were the Redskins at the time in Seattle. Um, and I remember that week of practice, my special teams coach said, hey, hey, Mike, you got the L3, okay? Um, and this is how big he is. He's 300 pounds. He can run, okay? Uh, and I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I'm going to get ran over, right? I see this guy line up, Jeezy. And he's just, you know, you know, you could tell he probably wanted to play defense or whatever, but he was he was running pretty hard down there, right? First kickoff, he comes down, boom. I sting him a little bit, but you know, he's a yeah, big yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he a did big a good dude. job that game. I, that first time I hit him up <laughs> under his helmet, right? And I'm like, cool. I went back to the sideline. I tell Coach Snyder, bro, I got him. I got him all game. I got him. Man. <laughs> Jeezy. That next MF and kickoff, 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. Zoe was ready for it this time. Zoe said, Ain't no way I'm gonna let no 240-pound fullback yeah. block me again. He ran clean <laughs> over me, bro. I might that might be the same play I, ca I caught Josh too. Cause that game, Josh was in the and I came in and knocked yep. his helmet off at the end. It came rolling out. Yeah. I actually got a picture of it. Oh my goodness. Dude was hell to deal with, GZ. Hell to deal with. I ain't, I'm not even talking about pass rusher. I didn't even encounter him there. I'm talking about strictly well, special teams. Which, was hell to deal with. which leads me to my next point, which is you don't often see players have breakout seasons at the age of 33, but that happened with Lorenzo Alexander. Right. Um, what led to that? I mean, I, and I heard, I heard everything you just said about yeah. how you morphed throughout your career, but bang, what led to it like that, number one? And number two, does that lead you to say, man, I wish whatever it was had aligned earlier in my career? Yeah. Maybe, but I, I wasn't ready to step into that role at that time. I wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, I hadn't experienced all the things that I went through to get to that year, you know, and uh, when I was 33, when I went to Buffalo and had 12 and a half sacks. I hadn't been with London Fletcher yet. I hadn't been around Larry Fitzgerald. Um, you know, I hadn't experienced being at the bottom and having to grind to get to the top um, and all the things that you learn in that process. And so that was just life experience, uh, maturity, meeting the opportunity. Could I have bought out before then? Did I have the ability to do it? Yeah, I probably could have, but I, it just wasn't my fortune. But I wasn't going to allow something that I necessarily couldn't control because we all know the NFL is a business too. Yeah. And so when you draft a guy like Brian Arakpo or Ryan Kerrigan, these highest draft picks, you're going to realize you ain't going to get the same type of shine or the same type of role or opportunity those guys are. So you have to make the best of what you're given. And so, you know, for me, it was special teams first. And then when I got into defense, then I would ball out which gave me the opportunity to, you know, get picked up by Arizona and get a decent deal there. And people saw that I could pass rush. But like, you know, most guys, it's all about opportunity. You know, uh, you know, T.J. Watt, for example, or J.J. Mm -hmm. Watt are the best rushers. They get to rush a thousand times <laughs> a season, right? And they get, you know, 15 on average. You know, I would have, mm, I don't know, 100, you know, I, I got to work with and get three. So, but I learned how to be efficient in my moments. And when I finally got my opportunity, um, I was able to utilize all of that knowledge that I've been around, those guys I mentioned, uh, the experience I had went through, and then the, the desire to really take advantage of it. Because even then, I wasn't supposed to be it. A guy got uh, towards ACL, Mika, towards ACL yep. that year, and then they ended up cutting Manny Lawson because Rex yep. really wanted me to come in and be a special teams backup guy. And then I was thrusted in that role and just ran with it. You know, So I was still covering kicks <laughs> and then going out there and balling on D, and I didn't care because it was my opportunity, and I finally got it and was able to run away with it. It's all about capitalizing on opportunities. That's that's what this National Football League is all about. I, you know, I always think about my career personally. Like, I don't know if I would have been ready. I don't know if personally I would have been ready if I would have came in this league as a quarterback, got a bunch of – you know what I'm saying? I don't right, think yeah. I was ready. And sometimes as, as athletes, we have to understand that maybe our blessings come later because we have to be ready to meet those blessings as well. But you mentioned Buffalo and, and your time you spent there, man. Just talk about Buffalo – the team right now, right? Like, what are their chances? Yeah. You know, you know, I've been riding with Buffalo over the last few years. Josh Allen's a big <laughs> right. dude. I love that dude. But talk about their chances this year because this year, unlike other years, I really can't figure this playoffs out. I can't figure yeah, out who's the either. best team. It's really an even given sun any given Sunday type of a deal. Yeah, I mean, the AFC has definitely come, you know, everybody's kind of come back down to earth, you know, even when mm -hmm. you think about Kansas City and week to week, you think a team is going to win, they hot, and then, man, what was that that y'all just <laughs> put out there? Or, man, that team was balling this week, and so it's been all over, and Buffalo fits right in that scheme. I, they obviously have the athletes and the ability at the skill positions to, to do it. Um, obviously, losing a guy like Jadavious White really hurts their chances. Huge. 
The only concerning thing that I have, you know, with this football team, because I know I know the culture, right? I know these guys make up. I know how they work and grind. But it seems at times there's a lack of physicality, whether it's the run game mm. on both sides and in the playoffs, you really have to have that at times uh, in order to when things aren't quite working, especially when you're playing outside and it's cold, yeah. like we saw in that New England game, right? Mm -hmm. So I think everything is right there. They have the ability to be physical, but it's about out going out there and doing it every single week. And, well, who is and, the spark plug for that? Because like, when you were there, I knew when I was watching tape, if right. it didn't look physical, I. Right. Zo yeah. finna do something. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna hit somebody. Zofin right? to hit somebody. It may be a little, you know, questionable, but at the end of the day, it's gonna yeah. get the juice going right. in this yeah. on the defense. Who is that guy for? I don't. Right? I don't know. I mean, I know Matt Milano has the ability to yeah. do it at times, uh, but I don't know if people galvanize around him. You know, sometimes it's not even about the guy. They just don't have that makeup, and not yep. to say Matt doesn't, but he doesn't. I don't. I don't know if people feed off of him. Like they may feed off of tr if Tremaine does it, right? Yes. And and yep. Tremaine doesn't necessarily always have that big hit. I don't I don't know what it is. Some guys just have that. I'm gonna jack you up. You know, I knew every year I was gonna at least have four or five like ooh hits, right? <laughs> yeah. Some guys just don't want to hit you like that, man. You know, yeah. it's, you know, it's a little space game. Let me just get you down. I was trying to knock you out. So I think that may be something that they're missing as far as just having a guy that is just going to. He may, I, I may have been wrong. I may have gotten beat on an out and up or the DB or the running back might have beat me on an angle route, but I was going to catch somebody at least one time a game just to change that, that momentum. There you go. And so it may have to come with a guy on special teams too, you know, maybe a big hit on punt. I know I see Saran Neal's out there flying, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Taiwan, guys like that. So they may have to find that physical nature where it can shift it in a different way just because what, what I've seen, nobody's really – picked up that mantle to go out there and lay, lay that wood. You've played for um, Buffalo, but you also played for Arizona, and maybe those are the two teams this year that we really can't figure out, right, with the ebbs <laughs> yeah. and flows right. of their season. So Mike Robb talking to you about his frustrations with Buffalo. Let's talk about the Cardinals. I mean, you're out there. You live out there now. Uh, what do you see from this team? And, you know, that win against the Cowboys, can it all of a sudden turn back for them and be a team you yeah. got to reckon with? Yeah, they, I mean, for me all year, you know, early year, obviously, Kyler D-Hop was killing the league, right, and what they were able to do. Kyler was on pace to be an MVP. Now you, you're trying to create an offense that's explosive without probably one of the best receivers, top three receivers in the league without Hop. And so the first, the last three games, they've been trying to figure that out. You know, Kyler got hurt, got rusty, came back. D-Hop is not out there trying to figure out what does our offense look like without him. Um, they were really relying on James Conner at times, and I think sometimes Cliffs likes to get a little too cute and make yep. it about what type <laughs> of play can I make instead of just, hey, let me hand it to James and let him get his thing. Um, and so I, the same thing, like I said, with Buffalo. Sometimes they just lack the physicality that you need in order to dominate. And I know it's old-school-minded, but that at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's, it's man whoop a man. That's what it is. Who, who am I going to whoop in front of me? And the best mm -hmm. way to create that that mindset is be able to run the football or stop the run. And that's something else they've really struggled with at times. If Kyler's not putting up 30 and a team is in range, you know, if you look at, you know, Dalvin Cook or Green Bay or even the Rams where they, they were able to just to methodically run the ball on them mm -hmm. and they couldn't stop the bleeding. And so those are things that they're going to have to sure up if, you know, especially when you're in the playoffs, when Kyler's not going to be able to put up 30 points or get ahead of a team by two scores. Man, glad to hear you say that, man, because I, I know everybody gets enamored and, and, and gets, you know, 
uh, excited about all these passing numbers, but it's still a physical league. I mean, football yeah. is still a physical sport. Right. Just look at just look at um, um, the the Patriots. How were they able to yep. stay around this year? Right. They running the football with a rookie quarterback. I'm a, yep. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna beat you up. Right. Last year when when Tampa gets hot, what they decided to do? We are gonna hand running this ball off and run this thing down your throat. So at the end of the day, it's about imposing your will and physically beating up the next dude and making them say, I don't want no more. Absolutely. I remember uh, I played with Larry Allen, Hall of Fame offensive lineman. He told me one time, I said, L.A., man, why you like playing this game, bro? Like, you've been playing for like 15 years, dog. Your son got more money than me. You know what I'm saying? Your little boy. And he said, Mike, what other job in the world can you get paid a whole lot of money to break another man's will? Right. And he he didn't smile. He stared at me. And he was like, that's what I love about this game. So I agree with you, man. It's the physical nature of football. But I'm going to transition a little bit to kind of, you know, how you transition to retirement, right? Because we've had conversations. You and I have had conversations about this, um, about preparing yourself for life after football. Um, Just, I don't know. What's that been like? What's it been like transitioning from playing on the field? Do you miss it? Do do, do you miss Sundays? I know I miss Sundays. I don't miss Monday through Saturday. Right. But I do miss Sundays. Just talk about Uh, your transition uh, to your post-playing career. You know, well, I've been transitioning ever since I got in the league. You know, since you get in, you undrafted, man. They threaten you every week. You can be out of here and you be cut a couple of times. So I've been transitioning, man. It just at a slower pace once I kind of caught on. But I've always had that mentality, trying to define myself outside of the game. And, and, and uh, you know, so for me, that's been Christ, right? My relationship with him. And I think that's really helped me with my identity and not associate myself merely as a football player, but something that I've been blessed to do at a high level to impact people, whether it's my teammates or community, and then obviously my family by reaping the benefits of what the NFL has given me. Um, but transition has been good. I mean, mine's kind of came right in, into the pandemic. And so I yeah. think that helped me slow down. So I didn't have to constantly be asked, hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Nobody was doing nothing, right? Just chilling, had about a year to kind of figure it out. Um, got into grad school, um, getting my master's psychology, life coaching. Right. You know, I coach my kids. I coach other young men as well. Uh, maybe do some player development in the future. That's that's what really fills me up. You know, I enjoy doing media and talking ball, but sometimes I just feel drained. Like, why am I doing this? Well, while I'm out there with them kids or talking to folks or trying to impact people, that energizes me. So that's kind of what I've been working on here late, just kind of making that transition in that way. But it's been it's been as smooth as it can get. You know, the hardest part to, to, to that you probably realize is creating that structure for yourself yeah. and what does it look like? Like, I know what I want to do, but how do I create that culture uh, or that structure to allow me to achieve it? You know, all, all of our lives, hey, we got workouts that start, you know, in March. Football so created. I know I got to be ready for that, yep. right? Then the season, uh, off season, all that's kind of had like the little anchor points throughout a year that I've had to create for myself to keep myself motivated and on pace because it's easy just to say, man, I don't got to do nothing, man. I'm set, yep. baby. You know, I've yep. played long enough. Good. We good financially. Maybe I'll just sleep in today, you know, (laughs) and that can easily turn into your new habit and your new normal, which we all know is not very productive. When we see people that often move away from something they've done for a long time and uh, they can't find that next thing, they end up just kind of withering away. You know, a lot of especially if you're older, you end up passing away. Right. And I never want to have that where I become not productive. Um, you know, as far as my family or community. So I've been really trying to stay tied in, active and motivated in, in this kind of new transition, working out, um, you know, going to school, like I said, and just trying to engage people as much as I can. That's so dope, man. God, that's dope. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Back to Lorenzo. Uh, tell us about the Lorenzo Alexander Aces Foundation. Yeah, well, it's something that I've, I started back in 2008 with my mom, my wife, and my aunt, uh, really just to empower the next generation to be that gap filler. Um, you know, I grew up in Oakland, California, single parent, and my dad wasn't around in the traditional sense. And, uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of adversity that comes along with that. Um, not having a male figure, not having an example of what it looks like, not having discipline and structure, right? But I had my Uncle Steve, my mom's brother, step in and fill that role for me. So that when my dad matured and figured things out, I didn't have this resentment towards him. And so I'm just trying to provide that same type of thing my Uncle Steve provided for me for other uh, families, uh, other children that come from low-income families um, that have, you know, just different, a different family unit, a different normal, and, and help them through that process. Because we've all been gr- gifted for greatness. Um, and when I say greatness, it's not about, you know, how much money you make or type of yeah. cars, type of clothes, but being able to be impactful in other people's lives. And we all have a a skill that God has given us. And so I'm trying to help them find that, right? Not just tell them they can do it, but helping them find ways. And for example, over the pandemic, or I guess it was towards the end of it, uh, when we kind of came out of quarantine, I should say, because we're still in the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, me and um, my foundation, along with Hidden Genius, which is a company out in uh, Oakland, California, we did a civic engagement um, uh, course. And so we had kids all across the country here in Phoenix, Oakland, out in DC, uh, we brought them together and really taught them about how their local government works, right? You know, mm-hmm. through the pandemic, we've seen like the social unrest, people getting up, rioting, doing crazy stuff, right? And that's just really unchanneled energy, right? How do I express myself? And so just trying to give them a, a structured way, you know, educate them about the system, how it works, and then how they can infiltrate it, and then ultimately how they can change it. And, and just really giving them tools to be able to communicate, express themselves, and have things reflect what they think their community should look like. And so those are the type of things of how we're trying to stand in the gap and really trying to help our next generation of leaders come up. And, you know, we do the Christmas things, and, like, we just came out and did South Phoenix and did Christmas for grandparents that are primary caregivers for their grandchildren. 
but I, I really um, enjoy the, the education piece, you know, paying it forward and making that light bulb come on and, and connecting the dots for our young people. So that is so needed. I mean, it's almost like I always tell people all the time, like we need big homies, mentors, more right. of those type of people for our young people, because a lot of our young people come from homes where there just isn't that in the household. So right. how do they get their answers? How do they know how to deal in this world? And something else you talked about from a father's standpoint, man, like I, about 10, 15 years ago, it was tough for me to be successful in life because I had to heal from some childhood trauma from my dad. And it wasn't until I had the conversation with him and totally yeah. let it go. Right. And that's when my life started to take off. Some of us sometimes don't realize the blockages and things that we have from our childhood trauma, man. So kudos to you for keep doing what you want to do. Um, uh, Jesus, you got something else to say, man? Because I'm going to wrap it up. If, if well, I, I, I did want to follow up there. I mean, yeah, uh, go ahead. In, in relation to what you just said uh, to ask Lorenzo, how old were you when you uh, you said your father matured to the point that you could have a relationship with him? I would say my dad probably in high school. So I'm the oldest of five. I'm my mom's only child. So my dad has five other kids. And just through the process, he actually found Christ and matured and grew. And so by the time he got to my youngest brother, uh, it was a night and day uh, performance as far as how he was as a father, you know, engaged, showing up to events, you know, going to the school night, knowing the teachers, uh, following through on his promises. Uh, discipline, praying with his, with his, uh, with my younger brothers and sisters, and so I was able to kind of witness that. Um, and fortunately, like I'm, I'm glad my uncle was there because I probably would have been resentful in some ways or jealous if I didn't have my uncle. And so that's why I say it's so important for people to step up and fill those gaps. So Mike, Mike doesn't have to deal with trauma as you know a 22 or 23 yeah. year old, right? And so we all have uh, the bandwidth to do it. We just have to make a commitment and go out there and do it. And I'm not saying you gotta do 10 or 15 kids. There's a kid in your neighborhood that you know about, right? Just invite them and be a part of your family and uh, be impactful in that way. You know, it doesn't have to be nothing that's organized or a foundation. Mm -hmm. Just uh, do your part in the community and, uh, and serve like we all should. Zoe, you have been so blessed throughout your life, man. I know a little bit of your story just because we've had personal uh, interactions throughout the years, man. Hell of a football player and even better person. And now you're becoming a blessing to other people, man. Thank you for stopping by the show today. That'll do it for this week's episode of Total Access The Locker Room. For more insight with The Locker Room point of view, check out the latest episodes every Wednesday and Friday on Apple and Spotify. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. 
What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know, he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 